Hello and welcome to Drunk Bitches and Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy. And I'm Michelle, your host. Welcome all of our drunk delegates for this week's episode. We are up to episode 18. 18. Oh my god, we're, we're gonna be in the 20s. Oh my god. And oh my god. I love it. We're 18. We can vote now. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud. We're so um, proud of y'all for listening, because if y'all would have stopped <laughs> listening, we might still, we'd still get we'd together and get yeah. drunk and talk politics. politics. We just wouldn't put it on the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, look at me, I'm sounding all selfish. <laughs> I do appreciate our drunk delegates so much, and our super drunk delegates, and our wine sponsors. Just everybody. I'm loving everybody this Today I'm loving everybody because I was sick as a dog all weekend. Oh, she's so, just happy to be alive. I'm happy to be alive. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. Well, I could feel my body, but it felt like I got hit by a freight train. So, um, with that being said, what are we drinking tonight, Michigan? Um, today we're drinking the heavily contested name. Uh, some people call it Yano, like myself, and some people call it Lano, like Michelle, like uh, the Texas town Texas Lano. Town. This is a 2017 Shiraz. It is described as a medium-bodied, velvety, smooth red wine with ripe blackberry aroma and spicy jam flavors. This wine, jam flavors? Yes, jam flavors. With, uh, this wine is sure to delight, they say. So can you eat it with some peanut butter? Um, I mean, pour maybe, it on your bread. You, or maybe you, instead of getting a glass of milk with your PB and J, you could <laughs> do insane. with the wine yeah. since it's got jam flavor. Oh, you know, complement your PB and J. They say that it's really good for grilled foods, like or also pizza. Um, you, this is actually a good bold, full, medium-bodied wine that you can put in the chiller. People say chiller in the ice box. I don't know the the refrigerator. <laughs> the, the frigidaire. Uh, or you can have it with fajitas. So it's I like Shiraz. For me, it depends which one you get. Some are medium body, some are full body, but it's like always super purple, super bitter. Some of them actually taste heavy notes of black pepper. And I like that. Like, you know me, I like bold and dark. Yeah. <laughs> and so, rich and, and red, all that. Yes, stuff. all that. Yeah. So we're gonna pop this we're baby. Pop it. And also, yes, at a, a price point, about ten bucks. And this is a homegrown. It's in Texas, like we said. Does anybody want to guess ALC? 12.4. Nope. I'm going to go 13.2. Nope. You, you know us better than that. Come on. 14.3. Close. Ooh. 27. It's <laughs> <laughs> not liquor. I'm going to be fucked up falling down drunk with one sip. This comes in at 14.5. Wow. Yes. That's one of our Ooh. higher ones. Yes. Shiraz is always going to be a little bit on a... We should, we should put it like the price is right, and you know, as long as I don't go over, and then we right. have like a little bell we can ding or something. Ding, ding, ding. All okay. Right. You ready to pop that ready? shit? Let's pop this shit. Come on, let's do it. Woo! Okay. Glug, glug, I sis. Glug, glug. I'm so glad I can drink today. Look at, <laughs> look at how beautiful and purple that is. Oh, it's going to be so spicy. I can't wait. Yeah. That, that is one of that it's is almost one of purple. Colors. Oh, my so gosh. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. Pretty. Beautiful. Mmm, super fruity. Smell that. It's, oh, that is amazing. It does smell good. It smells delish. It smells like oh, Okay, water. this is definitely a medium body, like they said. It doesn't have that sting of like a, like a bold, full it's body. sheet. Yes, for a Shiraz. So this is really delicious. Nice way to go, Yano. Sweeter the berry, the... <laughs> 
No. It's a dark of the very disputed. Is that a Tupac line? It, it is, is a, a it's a Tupac line. line for sure. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean I know it's always a line, but it's, it's a line a tuba, in, in yes, his no. song. His is the darker the flesh, the deeper the roots. Well, yes, but he also says oh. he, he yes, starts yeah. off by saying some saying this. That's right. He does say that too. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I love Tupac. Yeah, I know. We're gonna listen to a lot of Tupac. That was my thug love. I know. We could just do a whole pot on Tupac. Okay, Madonna's. We can put our legs back together. Oh, okay. Okay, it's gonna take a turn. I can't salivate with Tupac. Fine, you can. Go find us that that uh guy that worked at that company that was always sharing Tupac lyrics. Oh, the dude who got fired. What? Yeah, he. There was a dude who like did everything Tupac like. I don't remember who he worked for, but like he was sharing like company wide Tupac stuff, like bringing Tupac themed cookies, <laughs> and then he got let go. But they don't say that that's the reason why they let him go. They yeah, just they say it happened say at the same time. But the coolest thing about that dude was he a white dude? He was a yes, white dude. old white dude. <laughs> An old white dude. Yeah. But here's the thing: people were talking about him. Like he understood the lyrics deeply. He understood what Tupac was trying to say. It's poetry. Like people were saying like. If Tupac was alive, he would definitely want to meet him. Because he's like, you get what... Because he understood the struggle. Like, he used the lyrics to help explain to his sons what life was like for a young black man yeah. in the inner cities. Oh, that's really Deep, cute. deep. Okay. <sighs> Dude, that we don't remember greatest, your name. <laughs> Thank you. Greatest you, poet of our generation, one. Ray. Very, very Definitely. Accurate. Yeah. Very All right. Accurate. So... I could talk about him all night. Anyway, we'll get to we'll get to the pressing news of this week. First on topic. Oh wait, I'm sorry, Ray. Beep 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 beep. Breaking news. Breaking news. Follow up stories. Yes, yeah, sorry, I apologize. I was so <laughs> this is the worst channel of CNN of my life. <laughs> that reminds me of like Walter Cronkite. Beep 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 beep. Oh, I know. That's I what know. it used to sound like. Did you do that? Beep 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 beep. And you just sound like the Roadrunner. Off from Looney Tunes. <laughs> You're Looney Tunes. Okay, so did you piss in her Cheerios? I don't morning? know, y'all. You don't mean I'm oh my god. Am I extra grumpy? Go today? drink your wine. Grumpy. Drink your Shiraz. Look shady. You're just riding her hard today. She I mean, is. Go shit. drink your Shiraz. <laughs> You're right. She was. She was just asking you about your like dinner, like leftover dinners, and you are like, is, is it, it bothering you? <laughs> It was just, she seemed bothered. <laughs> Everything bothers me. <laughs> I've been in my late oh, 40s. Everything just, bothers me. Let me just me. tell our drunk delegates <laughs> that I have never known my life until you've done a road trip with the two of these girls. <laughs> and great. all Mishy and Ray do is go at each other. We've done eight, nine hour road trips together. <laughs> and I thought I knew them. Oh, Until yeah. we were in the car yeah. for nine hours. And we fought all the way there. Yes. But it's it's love. Ray is the big sister I never had, like, but like found on my own. So it's very much the dynamic that <laughs> she's we She's the annoying little sister yeah. that gets on my nerves. Yeah. We do. That's, we fight all the time. All the time. If people saw us in public, they would think that we didn't like each other. Yeah. My mother-in-law, she goes, are you guys fighting? And we're like, no. <laughs> this, this is how, how we love each other. That's how y'all talk function. to each other all function. the time. All right. Exactly. What's your what's okay. your update? Beep 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 beep. Breaking news. It's not oh the Roadrunner. It's just gonna become a thing. 
It is now. <laughs> if you would like breaking news to be a thing, comment below. Don't egg this bitch on. <laughs> okay, so first one is on Tuesday, the Senate passed the 9-11 first responders bill ensuring that the first responders won't have to return to Congress to plead for more funds. No help from Senator Rand Paul, Ooh, fucking asshole. Fuck Rand Paul. <laughs> okay, water's wet. Like exactly. She been done. Did this shit yeah. exactly. a bunch of them died. Yeah. I know. So the vote came in after intense lobbying from ailing 9-11 first responders. We talked about this on a previous pod. Shout out to John Stewart. Well, yes. you and Kirsten Gillibrand are thinking the same. Because one of the bill's champions, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, who is running for president, singled out comedian Jon Stewart for his activism on the issue. And then Stewart, in typical Stewart fashion, said, I think we can all agree I'm the real hero here. <laughs> That's so appropriate for Stewart. But, you know, and he did that before saying working with the 9-11 first responders was the honor of his life. Yeah. They all know he's a jokester. Yes. Like, yeah. they of take course. That. Yes. They, they know he's a jokester, him. and this, was, this has been his passion. The work speaks for itself. It does. So the bill passed by a vote of 97 to 2. Rand Paul was one of the bastards that didn't vote for it. And somebody, Rep Representative Lee, I believe was his name. I don't remember who that person was. I was he just going to ask you, just who, the the who are the two assholes of the he day? He's another asshole. And this authorized the money for the fund through 2092, which essentially makes it permanent. Because by 2092, anyone involved in this will have passed. Yeah. And the White House is scheduled to host the 9-11 first responders on Monday as that bill gets signed into law. So oh, Trump will actually do one decent thing with his life. He'll sign this into law. He better. Yep. Yeah, he's already accepted it and it's it's set to happen on Monday. So. That's awesome. Awesome. Long Who overdue, knows? but yes. awesome. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Second in our breaking news, the alleged child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein that we have previously talked about who was denied bail like we all suggested he should be, mm -hmm. he was found unconscious in his jail cell with marks on his neck indicating a possible suicide attempt mm -hmm. just a week after his bail was denied. He tried to My scam his way out of jail. fucking baby. Yeah. You didn't get bail. You had to sit in jail for a week and you were about to die. Cry he, me a fucking river. He tried to... Because the people at that particular facility and people involved don't believe that he was going to do anything at all they actually believe that he was trying to scam his way out of jail exactly. and go to a city hospital right because according to officials his wounds were not serious mm -hmm. and he remains in jail mm -hmm. so i'm with you this isn't even he didn't try path. hard enough he didn't try hard enough for <clears> one but honestly <laughs> no i want justice i yes, want this I fucker i don't want him like yeah. This is this is pre-justice. He's right. Separating pre-justice juices. It's we like marinated on all yeah. the people. Okay. But also, if he's convicted of sex trafficking conspiracy charges, he will face up to forty-five years in prison. He's sixty-six, so that would mean a life sentence. Which oh, hey, I'm cool with that. I'm but so the idea okay that you would that. even get forty-five years. Doesn't really seem like enough to me. Listen, all so. I know is that he is a rich white dude. Connected as fuck. Connected and a child molester and sex trafficker in jail. There is no hell like that kind of mm -hmm. hell, honey. Mm -hmm. No. He's about to just be in there living and his not-so-best yeah. life. We know that, unfortunately, prisons are more populated with 
people of color than white people. Right. And so I would love for him to just walk up to anybody that wants to bully him and then they he tells them that he has black friends. Um, <laughs> see how good that does you, Mr. Epstein. He's, he's going to have to choose sides. Extortion galore. Oh, he's going to be paying off. He's going to be paying, he's gonna be paying of... off guards and getting all kinds of yes. shit. Unless, well, so. unless they take all of his money away. Because wow. if he's convicted, they that's... Definitely possible. The, the, yes, definitely. But I can definitely see him putting even, even, even his hidden money, because he won't have yeah. access to it. Yeah. Other people will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right. So that concludes breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I feel like you should be wearing the thing that, remember uh, uh, Carol Burnett would wear the thing when she was like the receptionist? Don't the invoke the great name of Carol Burnett. You remember watching that. the Carol Burnett no, show? And she was oh. like the phone operator? No. What? I, I used to be at work in a call center, so it's possible I had Do you know what I'm talking about? I she, know what you're talking about. Even went, I've seen the Carol Burnett show. She went show. talk like this. Yeah. Oh, God. Look it up. It's funny. Okay. It's Google that shit. Google it. Okay. Do my go Kegels I'm, while I do, do my Googles. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. So, um, the biggest story of the week that we will dive into first is Robert Mueller's testimony. I saw the perfect tweet to sum up this. So the Mueller hearings feels like watching Wheel of Fortune where the puzzle's completely solved but contestants keep guessing letters. <laughs> yes, I did see that. That's so funny. That was hilarious. That's exactly what it felt like. Oh, I, I did, now, do you, are you getting my Ferris Bueller? Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally Because he was it. like, can you talk to the mic? Can you speak up? I didn't hear you. Mueller. Mueller. So, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, it was like a negative 5 for me. Um, I was extremely disappointed by all parties involved, including Robert Mueller. I know he came voluntarily. God bless his soul. He was so done with this, like, you know, six months ago. But my whole thing is that... First of all, they asked him a ton of questions they knew he could not fucking answer. Yes. And he had to always wait a moment and think, which I get. Because you don't want to perjure yourself. Right. And there's ongoing investigations going on, so he couldn't speak to certain stuff. But I felt like they kept asking him questions they knew he couldn't answer, and we didn't learn anything. But here's the thing. The the actual deep dive of it is that he didn't want to answer anything. And he already told us ahead of time. He showed up willingly, but he really didn't want to be there. No, and he told he, us that he... A while back. I said what I said. Right. And yeah. he, in the report. And he was like, y'all better start reading. Because what I'm going to do when I show up to this shit is I'm going to read out of the report. I'm yeah. not giving you anything. Well, that's, the thing. He, they, that's what Democrats wanted, wanted him to, to do. Read, but he was going like, to answer what was in the report. They didn't want him to read yes. according to what was on there. Because the whole thing was, if he just shows up and he just fucking reads the shit, he didn't even do that. And Because yeah. he's like, I'm not going to just sit here and read a fucking report. Because open your eyes. I wrote the fucking report. Right. And I mean... Parts of it, you know, he was the CEO of the project, but he didn't write the whole thing, right. which is the no. reason why when, you know, they were, they seemed to have more knowledge of what was in there than he did on certain parts. It was, it was, here is my take of it. If you're someone like me who read the whole damn thing, you just walked away like, okay, I already knew that. But if you were someone who didn't take the time out to read this thing because you want to be lazy and you want to find out what the fuck is going on. Because they even have a podcast of this shit now. Yes. Um, 
you walked away like, what? Huh? And the thing about it is that, like, the Democrats didn't get whatever they were looking for out of this. There was nothing that came out of this other than even sometimes when he tried to answer some of the questions, it was like they were trying to make a point. And then he would be like, oh, okay, on what page is that on? And then because they were he so was limited. so like the old grumpy grandpa right. and that was like, I got some PBS to get caught up on. And I got a golf game to get to. I've got a yacht I need to be on. I'm missing on. this week's episode of This Old House. Yeah. <laughs> what ended up happening is that people ended up just asking questions back to back to back mm-hmm. without ever getting any of them answered because they were all on very strict time constraints. So it's just a bunch of people asking questions. But then in the middle of the day... And to that, though, it's also, uh, I feel like, a lot of people trying to get their moment. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of people trying to get that aha moment and get that and point across. nobody had an nobody aha moment. And we, moment. Told, well, there was one. It was the congresswoman from Florida. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, she was the one that walked away with the aha moment. But there was one that was really big throughout the days was when Mueller was asked, you know... Oh, well, could you indict yeah, the president you, after he after he leaves office? And he true. was like, "Yes, you know." And then but I already knew that. Well, but he the fuck didn't know that because they wanted the sound clip of it, right? Okay. And so because okay. of the twenty four hour news cycle, Ugh. it immediately blew up the airwaves. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" So he's just saying the only reason why he didn't indict him is because he he couldn't. You know, he could not indict him because of the what is it? Oil sea opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's not a law. It's a fucking opinion. Right. And so they were like, I remember watching back to back to back everyone going, oh my God, this is the hammer on the table. So essentially what he's, what we can infer from this is that he was going to indict that bitch, but he didn't do it because, because of this opinion. So they went to recess and they came back. Yeah. Um, and then that's when he retracted. And then after that, the whole thing went to shit because his reason, what he said was, that was not the right way to ask that question because what I was trying to answer was that we didn't even explore charges because we knew we could never charge him anyway, so we didn't even go down that road. So basically, it's null and void. It doesn't even matter. Right. And that was a blow to what the Democrats were trying to get yes. done. Yes, so that was Ted Lieu is who you were talking right. about. Ted who Lou. asked the question. Lou asked Mueller to confirm the reason, again, that you did not indict Donald Trump is because of an OLC opinion stating that you cannot indict a sitting president, correct? And then Mueller said that is correct. But then, like you said, after they came back, he clarified saying Lou's wording was not the correct way to say it. As we say in the report, and as I said at the opening, we did not reach a determination as to whether the president committed a crime. But what was interesting about that, because like you said, that's a bit of a blow, Mm -hmm. and then... Somehow, Republican Representative Ken Buck then actually helps us out because he asks, could you charge the president with a crime after he left office? And Mueller said yes. And then he he basically repeated the question again, and Mueller's like, yes, Mm -hmm. did I stutter? You know, so that was really interesting is the fact that it was a Republican asking that because for the most part, the Republicans were trying to discredit or minimize oh, the investigation. Yeah. They were asking questions about Peter Strauss, the former mm-hmm. FBI employee who texted anti-Trump t- text messages. He was talking about the Christopher uh, Steele and his dossier. Mm-hmm. And then some weird, mysterious Maltese professor. I don't know. Maltese. It's very bizarre. <laughs> it's Where a the, dog? Yeah. Where's the, the 
House Democrats did what we expected them to do. They highlighted the guilt of Manafort, Gates, Flynn, oh. you know, the rest of his posse. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what they, they did. I feel like the Democrats didn't do a good job because they, they had a misunderstanding of what was going to happen at this meeting. And I think had they had that understanding that he was basically going to regurgitate everything in the report to answer his questions... They would have asked better questions. They could have used their questions to basically tell the story in the report. But that's not mm -hmm. what they did. What they wanted were detailed yes or no answers and things he wasn't willing to do. And I already told them, I'm not right. doing that. So they should have been better prepared to illustrate the entire report in their questions. But they didn't do that. We have people who are wanting to chase a moment. Um, the congresswoman from Florida is, I feel like, the one that ended up getting the aha moment of the day. Who was that? Do you know? Um, so it was Representative Val Demings, was a Democrat from Florida. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. She's the one that ended up basically getting the aha moment when she was able to corner Mueller into saying that the president was, you know, not truthful in his written answers. Because what Mueller had done was, like, trying to chase this interview for, like, Two years that he never got. So they sent him a series of questions to answer. And they were this I mean, they were giving him a sweetheart bird yeah. like deal. Like, okay, you don't have to answer questions. We'll pre-select the questions. We won't have to ask that much on Russia. Like they did whatever they could to accommodate this right. dude. And, and then, even then and he's still lied. And he still didn't answer the questions, you know, the right way or honestly. So when confronted with this fact, the uh Representative from Florida, Val Dennings, was like, so would would you say that he, you know, was less than truthful, that he lied in, in his comments on his written questionnaire? And he says, what did he say? I've got it here. Okay, she said, um, okay, so her, she didn't say quote, he lied, she right, said. Right, exact quote of what she said is, isn't it fair to say that the president's written answers were not only inadequate and incomplete, Complete, right. because he didn't answer many of your questions, but where he did... His answers showed that he wasn't always truthful. truthful. Mueller's response was there, uh, I would say, generally. Generally, yes. And then she followed up with that, saying, asking whether Trump's written responses contained, quote, many answers that contradicted other evidence that you gathered during the investigation, end yes. quote. And Mueller answered that with a yes. Yes. So, yeah, that was definitely... Uh, uh, interesting. That was the aha. Oh. Like, there were two aha moments in four, five hours of testimony. Well, yeah. one ended up being not an aha. Right. And got taken back. And one of the things that was really frustrating for me was the the way the hearing was set up. There was the ju the judicial one, and then there was the House committee, uh, the intelligence portion of it. Right. And so they did the judiciary one first. Instead of the intelligence one, which they knew, if because the, they read the report, that he was more passionate about the intelligence mm -hmm. than he was mm -hmm. about anything else. Because he is like, you started to see he him. He worked like, in the FBI. And he started to get more <laughs> lively about the fact when they started talking about election rigging and yes, interference yeah. and the integrity of elections. He was like, that's what the fuck we should be talking about. Not this bullshit. We should be talking about the fact that they're right now are still attempting to right. prepare to hack the elections as soon as eight months from now, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, he said they're doing it as we sit here and they expect to do it during the next campaign. Yep. 
He warned that many more countries could develop an ability to replicate what the Russians have done. And it's fucking insane. And the thing that is also frustrating about the Senate Republicans is that they feel like he's being an alarmist, that they've already discussed this, um, and they've already got it figured out, so there's not, they shouldn't set up any committee to look into this. That they're good. They're good as far as what's going to happen with the next election because they're too fucking scared and most of them are spineless as shit because they know if they bring up the integrity of the elections that they're going against their president. Right. And so this is definitely putting party over country and they can all go to hell in gasoline draws. (laughs) So did y'all watch... Um, So I did want to... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, okay, so in general, so that's... I mean, we kind of touched on some of the stuff that actually went well, but... It didn't, the other pieces that we talked about is that Democrats, they ordered the hearings so they could tackle the obstruction first, which left the Russia investigation, which was the investigation of where Trump tried to, which he tried to obstruct for later. And so that, like you said, it was creating this confusion with the narrative. And then from a, I guess, optics perspective, Mm -hmm. like for those people that were watching the things, I mean, we've talked about the fact that Mueller... In a still photo, is a force to be fucking. Oh no, he looks like he's not about to take not a he's single molecule not. of your shit. And then he opens his mouth, and he sounds like Grandpa, who might need to wear a defense. Oh my god, it's, it's like he didn't have his so bull shake that morning. So I was in my car, part of it, and when I was watching him on TV, and then when I had to get my car, and I was listening to him on the radio, I was like, oh wow. He sounds like he's about 185 yes. years old. He, he could yeah. barely get a word out in certain yeah. parts. Right. It was just, look, can this that. man be at the house kicking his feet up? <laughs> what y'all should have did was read this shit. Y'all should have read this shit. And honestly, the Democrats did not need Mueller to make no, a no. point about what's in here. You've read this shit. You could tell you've got a panel of scholars and lawyers and people who are elected. You know what to do with this. And Mueller told us this already, that my job is to gather the evidence, preserve it for you, and then you literally, constitutionally, it is your job to decide what the fuck happens next. Don't invite me over here to tell you whether you're going to get my recommendation on impeachment or not. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to grow the stones for that and decide what you're going to do. It is literally your constitutional job. Exactly. And all this did was underscore the fact that, I mean... What we've been saying is that they have, they were counting on his report mm-hmm. and now his testimony to save the day. Like, this is going to be the thing that's going to turn America around and be like, oh my God, get him out of office. And it's, it's no, it's not going to be the thing that brings Trump down. Impeachment is going to bring him down. Right. That's the only thing. So do your fucking job. And this whole Whatever notion, fallacy, whatever you want to call it, of people saying, well, you know, if the House Democrats proceed with the impeachment proceedings, it's just going to die on the Senate floor. Okay, so then does that mean that every prosecutor out there shouldn't prosecute a case because someone might end up not being guilty? You have to bring the charge out of morality, out of, oh, I don't, just out of preserving this fucking democracy. Because their job is not about just getting elected. Their no. job is to serve the people. Right. And their job is the checks and balances, is to keep the president. If the re- president has is a, in derelict of duty, you have a duty 
and I can't and say duty. Duty. <laughs> but you have a job. That's your fucking job. It doesn't have to be what you like. If you're doing your job right, you impeach him. Whether that gets him out of office is Or it makes a fucking point. Or it makes a point. And the thing is, is that like we've talked about, and I think, well, what the Democrats and Pelosi are afraid of is that if they do this, it's going to end up at the Senate, who is led by Republicans, and most likely they will not impeach. They're not going to. Right. It's not or about they will that. Not, yeah, they will not. At this him. point, the Democrats are not going to get away anymore with saying Trump is this dictator, this fascist, this all of this. Okay, your actions are not showing me that. If you truly believe that this man is a walking danger to this democracy, then show me. Show right. me. Right. Exactly. Show me with your actions. Exactly. And if you do all of this and it gets to the Senate and they vote straight down party lines and don't um, and don't uh, remove him from office, that's what you take on your campaigns. Right. That's for all those people, the people running against Mitch McConnell, the people running against Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, oh, all yeah. of them. That's Chip Roy. Hey, Wendy. <laughs> yes, that's what you fucking do. That is your fuel to get those incumbents out of it's, office. It's no longer enough to tell us how terrible it is. I think we've all figured out that he fucking sucks. Okay? Right. So I need to know if you're going to do what the constitutional duties that have been aligned for you. Otherwise, don't talk about it anymore. Like, yeah. Let's just not, because we're tired. No, I totally agree. Don't, totally don't talk agree. about I'm just tired at this point. Yeah, drop um, it. Drop it, absolutely. Yeah. I was just I was just gonna ask if y'all saw the press conference afterwards oh. with Nancy Pelosi. And, oh, yes, and what I got and out of that, I, I was living. Living. Yes, <laughs> Jinx. Her whole thing is that she worries that all of those thirty seats that they flipped, yeah. in the House, mm -hmm. will go back, and then she will be the minority leader, and she won't be the House majority leader anymore. And that the pathway to victory is to try to flip the Senate seats, which, mm, I don't know, sis. Like, you know, <laughs> those right. seats are pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Um, the best way that you might be able to flip Somebody those seats. Somebody would have to be caught in a video with in a compromising situation with a gun. But I actually have. To lose those seats. I have a reverse philosophy on that. I feel like the best way to show people that the Senate seats are worthy to flip, show them how incompetent they are and how much they don't give a fuck about this country. Exactly. By following those impeachment proceedings and letting them die out of the name of party in the Senate because they don't care about doing what's best for us. They don't care about preserving the elections. Then you use that to flip the Senate. Not play defense when you have to be playing offense. Like, right. I don't I don't get it. It's, it's so all stupid. sports ball. It's all sports ball. Yeah. And I don't even sports well, ball. And they keep comparing it to the Clinton and how that rubbed people wrong. And what I have to remind people is that Gore didn't lose. They cheated. Right. Yeah. Gore won. Right. right. So it and didn't, it didn't, it did not deter people from voting for a Democrat for president. No. Because years later, if you're, unless you've been living under a rock since 2000, Gore won. He right. did. He won the popular vote. And yeah. No, he won the electoral college That too. is true. And then yeah. it was the recount. They just the cheated and they lied yeah. and the whole, like, I don't know. And going back Florida to Florida happened. And let's put ourselves in. Who was the governor happened. at that time? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's go back to... Okay, Your brother-in-law. So talking about Clinton's <laughs> impeachment, you know, if we go back and put ourselves in 
was that the 90s? Is the 90s? 1990. It put ourselves in that mindset. Okay, so don't look at it from a 2019 ha hashtag. Well, the impeachment was like in 97, 98. Okay, so let's look at ourselves yeah. from that perspective. The Ken Star, the Ken Star right. investigation. So most people that looked at what happened with Monica Lewinsky looked at it as two consenting adults that had an affair. Right. Yes, he was the president. Yes, he was married. He was impeached right. over a blowjob. Right. He was impeached because he lied about the blowjob. He lied about right. the blowjob. But right. ultimately, again, we're not looking at it from the standpoint of as we would look at it today that he should have never done that with her. You know right. what I mean? Like no. it's a power struggle thing. We're not looking at it from that perspective. We're looking at it from the perspective of a man who cheated on his wife. And that should have been between him and his wife. Yes. Exactly. So the fact that you asked him questions about this affair was none of your business to begin with. So it shouldn't have really mattered that he lied about it. Right. That's that case back then. And I can see where America responded the way it did. They were like, we don't give a fuck. This is a different case. What we are looking at is the fact that we have a president who did, covered up an event, tried to obstruct an, an invest, he obstructed, Justice. Not successfully, right. but he obstructed an investigation. He attempted to obstruct right. justice, which is still a crime. Exactly. That was a, that was a small aha moment. Yeah, it is just, when they it's, were no, because, it's a huge Mueller aha was, moment because Mueller yeah. said, and it's also a crime. It is a crime because right. the yeah. fact of the nature is, if Donald Trump was not president, he would have been arrested. Yes, exactly. That's it. Right. Yeah. So we've got it's unpatriotic, it's wrong, and it's absolutely criminal. So we've got we've got different quote-unquote, crimes that are happening. Right. So we cannot look back to Clinton as an example. And I think that's the problem that we make is that we think, oh, are we? No, and I, I think, think that's we, what Nancy Pelosi, what Nancy, that's why I say we, and I mean her Nancy generation and her. is doing. Exactly. Because they, in their mind, keep seeing what happened that it when didn't help. Clinton, right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, actually, it didn't hurt the Democratic Party's nominee at all because Gore actually did win. Right. So right. it didn't hurt that presidency at all. Right. And it's, right. it's, it didn't tarnish the Democratic Party. No, it's not also at all. Apple, In fact, it apples made and oranges. Like we're looking at an entire four hundred and forty something page, two volume investigation that irons out all the criminal shit in yes, it. Like right. all the evidence is there, and like, that's also been gathered. why Trump didn't and still won't testify in person right. because he was friends with Clinton. He knows. That he's going to lie, and that's what they got Clinton on. Yeah. So can we talk about? Or that's what Trump's. Can we talk about what Trump got out of the hearing and how excited he was? Oh yeah, about no collusion, no collusion, complete victory, no collusion. And it really was not because honestly, the Democrats didn't get what they wanted out of this, but Trump definitely didn't get anything out of this. Exonerated. Other than it wasn't Exonerated. as it wasn't as devastating as he thought it was going to be. Right, right. But still, it was very much ironed out in there that he's a liar. He obstructed justice. And there's entire slate of people he's worked with right. that have been charged and have been arrested. And like, convicted. And convicted. So it was devastating in the moments that it needed to be. But here he goes with his... At first it was, um, I'm completely exonerated. Yeah. And Mueller said, no. Actually, he said that in the hearing. He said, no, he is not exonerated. And then he also said um, he his whole thing for the last couple of weeks was on his Twitter was that I was completely exonerated. I was completely exonerated. And then he turns around and he says, 
well, he, he didn't have the power to exonerate me anyway. Like, it's just like a giant word salad of yes. making things up and everybody's fake news for asking questions. He's yelling at the reporter who's like, well, what do you think about the moment where basically Mueller said you were less than truthful in your answers and he was like, you're fake news. Like, he's a giant toddler. He is. He oh. is. But you know what? We also have to talk uh, shit if we're going to throw them at... Is the all the reporters and commenters, commentators and um, uh, pundits, you know, they all coming to the same conclusion. All the political consultants. Because they were saying how the optics weren't great. And I know I touched on the fact that optics weren't great. But I'm trying to give a fair assessment of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. They focused more on how it looked. So you've got people who are not seeing the actual testimony that took that was seven hours long they come home they watch msnbc or whoever and i mean we're not even gonna go fox news because we already know that they're so completely biased Mm -hmm. we would hope to think that msnbc or cnn might give a little bit more of a right accurate picture but even they were saying how the optics aren't great so when someone who hasn't watched the thing turns on the tv the pundits are saying the optics of this thing weren't great. What are they going to take away from it? The optics weren't great. But they were great. Right. But the thing is, is that they're not getting a fair assessment of what happened. They're hearing just the way it looked, not the content. It didn't look good. But they didn't hear about the content. They're not hearing enough about what was content of it. it but it's, it didn't, right? It just didn't look good. Here, here's the thing. People before this hearing, percentage-wise, were actually more in favor of impeachment than they were after the hearing. Really? Yes. Like... It didn't I sway didn't anybody. I was, okay, I was thinking it didn't move the needle, but you're saying it actually might have moved the it, needle back. backwards. It did. Yes. And at, it maybe moved one house person, because I believe there right. are 90 people in the house who are for impeachment, that's, and now they're up to 91. And that's why they're talking about they're, they can't wait for vacation. I'm so glad they get a whole fucking month off, by the way. Good for them, right? Six weeks. Yeah, six weeks um, to do... Uh, Nothing? Know, yeah. I gotta work every day. I, you know, get a few weeks vacation a year that I usually I've been in my company a long time. I get a lot of vacation, so I can't say much. But I sure as hell can't take six weeks at a time. No. That's just one time off that they have. Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, But they're hoping for this August thing where they're going to come back home and have these town hall meetings, and then they're going to hear from their constituents how much they want impeachment. And I'm like, no, they want to know if there's going to be an economy still in two years. They want to know if they're going to have better jobs. They're going to want to know if they're going to have health care. They're going to want to know if their schools are going to have funding or if they're going to have to go back to four-day school days like Oklahoma's had to do because there's no fucking funding, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But they're actually, like, releasing school two and three weeks early. Anyway, so that's... Here's the thing. It didn't do anything. It it did some things. If you already knew what was going on and you were following, you knew exactly what was happening. But if you were, like Grace said, a person who was tuning in trying to get a play-by-play, complete breakdown of this thing, you're going to have to sit on the toilet and read this shit, sis. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And if I wasn't frustrated and pissed off at the Democratic Party, I'm now even more frustrated and pissed off at my Democratic Party. Yeah. All right, that's the wrap up on the Mueller report. Oh, let's take a break. (laughs) (laughs) We've been doing deep dives on this show. Yeah. Be on CNN. They must talk to girls in the world. Tell them to talk, and they will. They can't, and they draw a blank every time. I know. 
So uh, onward from the Mueller testimony, I wanted us to discuss the Dallas-born U.S. citizen, Francisco Irwin Galicia, who spent 23 days in the custody of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. It's fucking ridiculous. It's horrifying as well. In South Texas. So just a couple of facts about his time in detention by ICE. Uh, the first one is probably the most staggering to me because I don't remember hearing this on the news. They might have said it, but I'm, I read an article from the Dallas Morning News. He lost 26 pounds, you He did. Oh, my yeah. God. He lost 26 that pounds. That is not the diet you want what to What does want. that remind y'all of? Concentration, Concentration camps. camps. Like, yeah. I, this is, I know. so it makes me wonder what do the other people look like in right. there that have been in there for 33, Months. 43, 53, 63 days. Mm-hmm. The children that are being deprived nutrition, which is when your brain is growing. I, I just, I, I didn't know he lost 26 pounds. I mean, I would have guessed he would have lost some weight. Right. But that's staggering for an 18-year-old, right? Yeah. The muscle they don't, mass. And they don't the get meal. to shower. No. At all. So he said uh, they weren't allowed to shower and his skin was dry and dirty. Mm-hmm. That he was with 60 other men crowded and crammed into an overcrowded holding area where they all slept on the floor with the aluminum blankets, like mm-hmm. you know, like a hurricane had just happened, mm-hmm. and this was just a day or two. Um, some men were sleeping on the bathroom floors. Ticks bit some of the men, and some were very sick. And he was afraid to ask to go to the doctor because CBD, CBP officers told them their stay would start over if they did. So they were threatened... To not go to the doctor, that their stay would start over? What the fuck is going on in this place? Right. So Francisco, quote, his own words, it was inhumane how they treated us. It got to the point where I was ready to sign a deportation paper just to not be suffering there anymore. I just needed to get out of it. Mishing. Yeah. I know you have like the, a little of a timeline. Yes. How the fuck did this happen and how is he there for 23 days? Okay, uh, so what happened, it started off with them basically being questioned. So the entire horrific incident started out with uh, Galicia coming back from a college soccer scouting event that was June 27th. He was traveling with his 17-year-old brother, whose name is Marlon, um, and a group of their friends were coming they, their hometown is edinburgh yeah which is near um, mccallum is it houston maybe? no no no, no, no. south texas okay the, it's what we would call the valley where the tamales came oh from. <laughs> remember where the tamales and they were heading it's to called the valley they were heading to houston when they had a cbp checkpoint in balfourias yes and apparently it's described to be 100 miles north of the u.s mexico border yes that's where most of the checkpoints are. That's surprising are. to me that it's that far away from the border and we still have a checkpoint. Yeah. Oh, you, been, they have a checkpoint going into South Padre. Like, not go, going in, but coming, coming out. Coming out, right. Yeah, yeah, and I had to go through it on my way back, too. Yeah, but I kind of get that because you're coming from the water. Like, I don't know. It's still Texas. Yeah. You know, like, it is. Because it, 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 okay. it's all desert and mountains and stuff like that. And, and here's the thing it's been like that forever. And there is, there's a Supreme Court about it. it has to be 100 miles. It can't be 120. It can't okay. be 200. Yes. It has to be 100 miles. And I guess miles. my only experience has been in Arizona where it was like 25 miles from now, the border. there's so. also a checkpoint at the border of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But then there's another one in the state of Texas, 100 miles 
north of the border. Gotcha. Or east of the border, west of the border, depending gotcha. where you are. Yes. Okay. So Francisco, while probably interchangeably referred to as Galicio Francisco, for the people listening at home, he was traveling with this Texas, his Texas ID, um, a, probably a wallet-sized birth certificate. It was small enough yeah. to fit into his wallet. What's one of those little laminated ones. Right. And his social security card. But he, in his possession, he also had a Mexican tourist visa. Um, and on that visa, it listed him inaccurately. He was also traveling with a Mexican tourist visa with him that listed him inaccurately as a Mexican citizen, as if right. he was born in okay. Mexico. So this so is where... he had the, some inaccurate documents. And this is what right. made the conflict transpire, because right. now you have all of these documents that are in conflict of one another. Um, despite having this tourist visa, he was born here in the United States. He was born in Parkland Hospital in, in Dallas. 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 <laughs> Long so, way from the border. But all of this is, I understand it's totally, it's, it's totally normal, right? You're traveling, you have all of these documents, they don't necessarily go with each other. And at that point, it, this it is when fishy. it appears fishy. So sure. benefit of the doubt. Now you got to do some investing. You got to do right. the shit that we're paying you to do. Right. So the fact that they detained him, completely understandable. He has and legal. And legal. Absolutely. Ask questions, all that stuff. Yep. Right. So it's this is not unusual for them to question you. But like, why do you have all this weird shit that doesn't add up? And it's very easy to verify. Like we, this happens when you go and you take out a driver's license or you go and you try to get your birth certificate and battle statistics. They can literally type this in. There's an entire automated system that will print all of this information available at a moment's notice. That's why when you fill out your I-9 at work and you're lying, they'll come knock at your door at the job to tell you, you filled out an application and said you are a citizen, but you're not a citizen. They know all of these things. Real, real quick, just to interject, I've been to border checkpoint a lot of times. Right. Never asked for my documents. Are you a citizen? Yes. Really? Oh. Never. Absolutely. Wonder I mean, why. Well, when Nobody's I Nobody's seeing me because they're listening to the podcast, but I'm blonde hair and blue eyes. Really? Because without all our listeners think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's so that was one of my first things. What they did once they once they obtained the documents, I could see. But why did they ask him for all those documents too? We don't know that. And even if I give the benefit, random, if I give the benefit of the doubt here and say they were just doing their jobs, great. You started off great. You caught something. That's what Border Patrol does. That's what we want you to In, do. Inaccuracies and all of that. But what what transpired afterwards yes. is a complete lack of competency. And everyone who handled this case, who touched this case, who smelled it, who farted on it, needs to be fired. I don't because. If you can't go into your homeland security, and if you don't know how to verify citizenship, I don't even want you breathing my air. Like, you're not worthy to be serving on matters that are this important. Right. So... Where someone would lose 26 pounds in 23 days and be bitten by ticks. A gross miscarriage of justice. And that's the best And nobody should have to go through that, regardless if you're a U.S. citizen or not. Right. And so, for people who are listening back here, they're going to go, well, the shit didn't add up. What was the reason? This is the explanation. Galicia's mother obtained a Mexican tourist visa for him so he could visit family in Mexico. Because she lives in the United States illegally, she did not want her real name on her son's birth certificate. This is all very understanding considering that we've got people saying they're going to come raid people's houses 
This is a normal fear for someone who's right. undocumented to not want. She she did not even want her real name on his birth certificate, so she used a false name. So sad. And so this has been happening for a while, right? This yes. is not something that's been happening just because of the orange man. This right. has been Apparently happening for a while. Apparently this boy is 19 years old. Right. right. So, so yes. this has been a fear of a lot of people while they falsified the mother's name on a birth certificate, not the child Absolutely. and where they were born or anything like that. Right, so. because it's an, you, the last thing you want to do is then be separated from your United States-born son who's an American and you're getting deported. So you want to do what you can. Right. To stay. It just shows how broken our immigration system oh, has so, been so for decades. So flawed. Yes. Yeah. So because of the complicated nature of her non-documented status and him being a citizen, she was never able to correct the birth certificate and get him a passport. She thought it was just easier to get him a tourist visa so that he could get in and out of the country. So when his mother applied for his tourist visa, she listed him as being born in Mexico. Made it easier for her... To, for him to go back and forth and vote. As, you know, the son of a Mexican immigrant. Yeah. So that brings the conflicting claim of his U.S. citizenship. But again, this is not hard to verify. This shouldn't have gone on... Type in his social security number into which their he, fucking Which he little had system. on him. Yeah. And in, in case anyone out there wants, is wondering how uncomplicated this system is and how much access to our information they have, shortly after I got my green card... I then wanted to go apply for a driver's license. So you know how you're able to go on the computer and renew your driver's license? Mm -hmm. I can't do that. So every time I have to, I have to go over there and show my documents, show that I'm still in legal status and I'm still in good standing with Homeland Security. At that time, the social security that I had had my maiden name and my green card had my married name. Because keep in mind, they didn't even ask me what name I wanted on, on the green card. So I ended up with first name, natural middle name which would have been my normal last name but it wasn't so it was just my natural middle name and my husband's last name which was a conflict to what was on oh, my social shit. security card oh. and they picked this up at the dmv and said you have got to go see so the social security office because there's actually a hold on it for you to change it before you get a new driver's, driver's license. license okay so i then had to go to the social security office who then was able to go into the system and say oh yes Homeland Security forwarded us that they changed your name and this is now your new name. So we're then going to change the social security according to what the new name is. And then I was able to then take those documents to the DMV where they were like, oh, yes, social security has confirmed that this change was authorized by Homeland Security. So we're good to go. So there's it's not it's a system that is computerized. And if you have the people who are doing their jobs Mm -hmm. and are competent. It's as easy as one, two, three. It's frustrating, right. but it's easy. It's a easy. couple of stops. I mean, having the so social security easy, yes. and a DMV. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. It'd be really easy if we did DMVs and social security offices right next to right each other. Okay, can we talk? No, 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 no. The DMV is already a horrible place to I'm be I'm just talking they need to be in walking distance. I don't distance. care. They no, need to be in walking no, distance no, of no, each other. But no, anyway. No. A DMV on every corner. That's right. <laughs> like a polling yeah. location. <laughs> So it, it really was not that hard to basically validate his Type fingers. in his social security number or his right. driver's license number and see that they match and the names match. So and then, be like, don't do that. Like, 
don't do this again with the Mexican tourist visa thing. You're going to fuck you, yourself and, over. And yeah. sees, even seizing his tourist visa and saying this is a you false document. They can't do But they can't even seize that because they're not the Mexican government. Oh, only the not. Mexican okay. government can do that. Okay. They can only deal with matters of what it is to be in the I United see. States I and see. be a United citizen. Yeah. Okay. So mom finds out that this is happening. Fucking learn some shit every week. So the documents that she does share, she shared a couple of documents with news outlets and news outlets like CNN which was the birth certificate that lists Parkland Memorial as hospital of birth, uh, his health insurance card, a Texas temporary ID card, and his high school photo ID. Which I know people have been saying, well, you can't verify. Let me tell you some people. There's two, three, four, maybe four documents that are sacred to being legal in the United States. That you cannot doctor unless you're getting it done by the person who actually works at these establishments establishments you cannot fake a green card that's one thing like that thing is complicated it is you look at it i have one and every time people look at it they're like well damn like there's so many things electronically that is go but it's also an electronic piece of plastic there's things going on in it it's scannable it's swipeable uh, it's it, there's complicated things that they go through to make sure that you cannot go and counterfeit count counterfeit hello wine these documents mm-hmm. the birth certificates there's a very specific seal that is you know what is it embossed yes that is on there so you can't maybe a high school id card and a health insurance card i get that but it's very easy to verify a social security card and a birth certificate right so that's yeah. how he ended up here what happens then after this point Despite all of this documentation that they could then decide if they're going to prove to be accurate or not, they decided to just sit on it. They didn't even give him a phone call to call anyone. And now they said afterwards he didn't even ask. He wasn't he wasn't providing them with the information. They're saying he didn't ask. Well, let's be they're honest. Blame it on him. Even it's like they were just rolling over to give him his rights. Yeah. Right. I was going to say even if it, they were would have let's concede the idea that let's play along this game. That they would have given him a phone call if he had just asked. Based on everything he has said so far, what would lead you to believe that he should even be so bold as to ask for a phone call? Right. After the treatment that he's After had. he's gotten. You want to start setting some fucking rights? You know what it's like when you start throwing your rights around and you're a brown person? Yes. Like, that's an easy way to piss people off. And I think he, what he wanted to do is just stay under the radar and hope that his stuff would get... Right. Verified. Because he, he knew, was, I'm a citizen. This doesn't happen to me. He, he said, quote, I told them we had rights and asked to make a phone call, but they told us, you don't have rights to anything. Oh. So and, and the, Meanwhile, they're saying, oh, yeah, he never asked us for it. Mm-hmm. Let's see who I'm we not, believe. I'm not expecting people who can't verify a birth certificate to give me facts. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. And so. They sit on a throne of lies. Of lies. They held him in the South Texas Detention Complex in Pearsall until his release on this last Tuesday. And it's just been horrific. He said the conditions were the worst conditions. They were held in a small room, like Michelle said, with about 60 other people, one toilet, no no doors or walls to just separate them. Privacy, humane conditions. Mm -hmm. And he would have to sleep just to forget how hungry he was. Jesus. And like Michelle said, he lost 26 pounds. He said that the conditions were a little bit better when he was transferred to an ICE facility. But it's like, at that point, when you're comparing, right? it's crazy. And so just a few statistics for you guys. They've been doing this for a while. 
So U.S. citizens have been detained by immigration before. And according to the LCU and Southern Poverty Law Center, they actually filed a lawsuit over the detention of a man named Peter Sean Brown, a U.S. citizen who was born in Philadelphia and ended up in ICE detention in Florida. Um, Jilmar Ramos Gomez was a Marine veteran who was born and raised in Michigan and spent several days in ICE custody. In 2018, an investigation by the LA Times found that ICE had released more than 1,400 people from custody since 2012 after investigating citizenship claims. And I wonder what they all have in common. Let me guess. How many of them are blonde-haired and blue-eyed? How many are from Sweden? (laughs) Right. How many are from... Where the fuck is Melania from? Where the fuck is Melania from? None of them were from there. Ukraine. Ukraine, I was going to say Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. And did you know that Galicia says the documents have not been um, given back to him yet? So he does not have... Oh, they so don't want really to be wrong fucked. on this. Well, yeah. he's really fucked if he should get stopped again. Yeah. Because oh, I'm sure at this point he'll go and he'll get his stuff. Huh? Well, because now, because he was born in the United States, he needs to go, of course, to the, you know, his local office, get a birth certificate, he can get it for $5. I know it's... I mean, I hate to... Oh, I know. But I'm and just then saying, with that, he has at to this point, it's almost as if you, if you're brown, you should just tattoo the fucking thing on your I chest. Just, oh, my God. Or put so a chip you in that. your neck or something like yeah, that. Yeah, social security number tattooed on. Again, what the again. fuck does that remind I you know. of? I know. I even hate to think about that out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Matthew Albans, who is now ISIS acting director, told the newspaper that... In today's douchebag. Yes. Told the agency that they take any assertions that a detained individual may be a U.S. citizen very seriously. Bullshit. Clearly, it took you only 26 days. 20, yeah. And that was after a massive expose. Days. After a massive expose by the Dallas Morning News. They were not moving the needle on this mm-hmm. until they got outed that they were holding a citizen. And it, he ended up getting released after the article came out. And there was Thank massive outcry and outrage. Had that not come out, he would very likely still have been there or he would have self-deported to Mexico and then tried to so figure out So his brother wound up getting self-deported so he could go back and tell his mother, who then, yeah. I think, got the word around and then Dallas, somebody at Dallas Morning News picked it up and then the, and the story exploded Definitely ended up getting deported. Or he might still be in there right now. No, he, yeah, he got deported. I mean, I just wonder, were they holding him when they finally his brother they actually His brother actually like, oh, got shit. deported. My understanding was his brother yeah. was deported. Yeah, he self-deported. Oh, okay, yeah. He, and, and yeah, he would have gotten deported anyway because yeah. he was not of legal status. Mm-hmm. Him and his friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, which I'm like, how is his brother not born here? If he was born here, his brother's younger, but I guess maybe they were, maybe she had gone back to Mexico or something and then had him there. I'm not sure. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. It is. An- I mean, it just makes me sad because now he doesn't have his brother here to go to high school with. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it just, I mean, it, it's definitely a, a family has been now been torn apart. Absolutely. And it's a gross mishandling of a process that should be so simple and they should all be ashamed of themselves. There should be some committee that is set up to exercise oversight to what's happening there because there's zero oversight. They're not doing a great job. It's terrible. I Yeah. I mean they're basically saying he didn't ask for anything, he didn't tell them anything, and he never claimed US citizenship. Because they're he te- at that point was supposed to have been telling them what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Because he works for, for Homeland Security. Yeah. yeah. He's not a teenager. No. He's not a, a scared person a scared who's detained. Person. 
who's already looking around at everything other people that look like him are going through. Right. Yeah. I and when I when I asked horrible. when I brought up the thing about like I've never been asked for any documents. All they do is say, Are you a citizen? I said yeah. I say yes and they let me roll through. The reason I bring that up is because I think what's becoming normal to think of is that, well, yeah, of course they stopped him. He doesn't speak very good English. And in Edinburgh and McAllen, all the law of those places, I mean, I've, I've been there a lot. I mean, yeah. there's I go into a lot of establishments down mm-hmm. there and everybody speaks Spanish because yeah. that's what they speak. Yeah. And you go down there, if you can't understand some Spanish, you're not going to get around. And you're going to get that's, to learn. That is their town. You're right. Right? I'm, I am... And to your point, I'm an outsider let's be point. honest, that town has been speaking Spanish because it used to be Mexico. It's North Mexico. It used Mexico. to be Mexican yes. territory. Absolutely. It has been, before we had, before Texas was America, that was Mexico. That was the language that was originally spoken there. Yes. Yeah. English is people, new to the party. And here yeah. in Texas. Yes, yeah, Texas. I've had several people in McAllen tell me that it's not South Texas, it's North Mexico. Oh, I like yeah. that. I didn't um, even I, that's hilarious. Yeah. And those so, checkpoints are scary. To your point, they do ask you and they say, are you an a, American citizen? Right. A United States but citizen? But he answered C, I'm sure, right? And right. a lot of the Border Patrol at the border are Hispanic and mm-hmm. speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that they didn't start asking him for his documents because he was Hispanic and he spoke Spanish. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and I, I equate it with the same thing as you're like, well... You just have to, um, that, that's normal because you're coming from Mexico or whatever. He wasn't coming from Mexico. No. He was coming from Edinburgh. He right. was coming from a, a Texas town. Right. And um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get somewhere with this. But I equate it to how we, a black person is stopped by a cop because they're speeding. Mm-hmm. And there's an altercation and an unarmed person gets shot. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, if you weren't speeding, you wouldn't have got shot. Right. Really? Like that's right. what we that's what we as a society putting the onus on, on the victim. victim on the civilian on the civilian the victim when people who are severely trained to do this job right. come up short right I don't think we're talking enough about the fact that he was asked for a bunch of papers when he is a U.S. citizen he was targeted he was definitely what's the fucking word I can't profiled think. profiled. Because yes. of the way he looks yes. and the way he speaks. And that's, for me, is one of the things that I can get away with. That South Texas, everybody has a, a, a Mexican-Spanish and Mexican accent. heritage. Yeah. Right. I like, have a Spanish accent when I come back from McAllen. <laughs> for me, I get profiled for a lot of things for being a black woman, but I never get profiled for being an immigrant. But I also know in the back of my head that being an immigrant means that I never travel without the things to prove who I am. An example, coming back from South Padre, I stopped at that checkpoint and they asked me, are you a United States citizen? One of the conditions of my green card means that I never can ever lie about my status. And if I get caught, there is not a law on the books that will ever allow a pathway for me to legality ever again. So I say no. And I immediately got pulled over to the side and was asked to pull out my green card and I handed over my green card. Had I not and was not thinking ahead and thinking that I got it made, thinking that I'm just going to South, I'm going to Texas, to South Padre, I'm not leaving the country. Let me leave my green card at home. Right. Right. Quinn would have to travel back to Dallas, get the green card and bring it back and I would have been waiting there. Yeah. So it's, it is a difficult process to navigate and then add that the element of being profiled. Oh my God, I can't. Right. I yeah. I 
also have gone through a border checkpoint. I've only done it once in my entire life. Is when I was in Arizona, like I was saying earlier. Uh, it was me, my sister, and a friend. We had gone to some town south of Tombstone. <laughs> Very, <laughs> sorry, we were coming miles from, sorry, south or we north were, of the border. Obviously. We were coming from Tombstone, actually, and trying to get back to Tucson. Tombstone, Tucson. And so when we got stopped, first of all, I wasn't driving, so I really had no clue where we are. I thought we were actually further north in Arizona than south. I wasn't really thinking this through. Yeah. So when they said that this was a border stop, I started laughing. I was like, why is there a border stop in Arizona? And they were like, because you're like 20 miles from the border or whatever yeah. they said. Yeah. And I was like, seriously? And I, me and my sister were just none goofing the around, none the wiser. And our friend, she had lived in Arizona before. She was just like, y'all, stop it. And yeah. granted, all three of us are white, blue-eyed ladies. So, yeah. you know... I, I had she's no like, this concern, but she's like, it's not funny. You need to take it seriously. But I was just like, but why are you stopping us here? Like the idea right. in my mind, there's a border, check border point. checkpoints it's are at, at the border. They're at the border. They're also north of the border and because so, people sneak through. Exactly. But right? ignorance then, is bliss yeah. in my case. Yeah. And I remember just laughing about this stuff and I was just, he's in the same kind of thing. He asked us if we were citizens, like, yeah. And he's like, where are you from? It's like, oh, da Louisville, it's a small town north of Dallas. And just kind of being <laughs> stupid, you know. And I can't remember if we had to show our driver's Fucking license gringas. or not. But I know. <laughs> Estupida gringas. I know. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> Pinche. <laughs> Pinche pendejos. <laughs> yes, yes. But I just, the ignorance. And as we drove off, our friend was just like, you guys are so dumb. And she kind of laughed it off a little bit, but she also was like, just kind of shocked at how we didn't take it seriously. But like, ignorance is bliss. Like I had the, my, I was coded in my armor of white privilege. And it's one of those things you don't think about. And you, Michelle, experienced the same thing, kind of. I mean, granted, you're not goofing off and you're coming through there. No. But you have a I lot of not. confidence as you go through that you're like, of course I'm a citizen. They're not going to think that I'm not. I'm looking at I'm the 18 wheelers on the left to me going, y'all checking out those vehicles? Because that's where the drugs are. Exactly. <laughs> They're not in the desert on people. Whereas Michelle, or, 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 or on chase ships. <laughs> exactly. On submarines? Mm -hmm. Right. Go ahead, Ray. So, I'm just they saying. They can't that. actually submerge. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that till the Trevor Noah story. No. What? So, the Coast Guard, did you see the, the video of the Coast Guard guy who was beating on top of the submarine? No, I didn't. Everybody was I, like, I why did the submarine submerge? He was beating on the hatch because it can't submerge. It's not It's not equipped to submerge. It has doesn't have the pressure equipment blah 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 they're meant to just go right on right under the edge of the water to uh, escape the coast guard they can't actually go down so the coast guard officer got on top of the oh fucking submarine Badass. and is beating on the hatch that's how you catch motherfucking drug traffickers right not by detaining 2,000 people at the border and treating them like shit with a gallon of water yeah not cooking mm -hmm. not anyway <sighs> Alright, um, so that, that just like takes the life out of me talking about that. And I hope that so Galicia is suing the federal government. Yes. Good for him. Right. I, don't know who his, I don't know who his attorney is. He's I'm sure people will be lining up yes, to take this case pro, pro bono, bono <laughs> to sue the government. Yes. yes. So I will we will definitely keep our eyes on that. Um I'm already starting to get a little tongue tied with my alcohol. Um yes. 
But uh, we need to keep an eye on that and follow that story. Uh, Mishy, do you want to pop that other bottle before It's a good we, time. Let's pop another bottle, honey. Before we get into our uh, school and bear the day. That was actually yes. pretty good. That was I really think good. on key. Yeah, look at her trying to be fancy singing and shit. I know. I can't hear myself, so I don't know if I was on pitch or not. But my ears are still stopped up from being sick. All right. <laughs> so our next pop. You got it, Michelle? Yes, I do. I was just looking at it. So this part is going to be cut is out. Is it another red? It is. Do we? We don't I drink don't white wine. I'm, I'm joking. I'm Blasphemy, joking. woman. I had somebody ask us if we drink white. Yeah. Oh, we might I do. told you it was a matter of time since somebody asks us that. Yeah, I think the only time we would ever do a white is maybe as like a wine spritzer with like fruit in it. How do you, you guys feel about Chardonnay? It's actually one of the white wines that I'll tolerate. Uh, yeah, because it's a little bit drier. Mm -hmm. So and that's what I was talking about. We could do a Chardonnay. A basic ass white girl drink right there. White Zinfandel. Oh, God. <laughs> no. We could do a little Chardonnay as like with some fruit in it and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. As a like cool off. Maybe we'll do that when we go to Noah. We'll make like a little, because it's going to be Fucking hot maybe, and we go there. Maybe okay, recording you, through all this. So maybe fun. if our listeners help us get to 400 likes on Facebook <gasps> and get us to at least 20 reviews on iTunes, we will do an entire episode of nothing but whites. Ooh, I'll do that. I'll so do if you want to see us, because we we're not white wine people, you want to see the drunk yeah. bitches get drunk on some white wine and listen to a different kind of podcast. We'll do it for money. <laughs> we'll do it for likes. No, um, we'll do it for likes and reviews. Yeah, so kind of right. like do it for the Insta. Do this it, will be do ours. It for the do gram. it for the gram. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do it for the gram. See, I'm not. I'm do it for the clout. Do it for the clout. There are a lot of people doing it for the clout. I love that song. Our next bottle is from Oak Ridge. I'm gonna chat on the show the Oak here. Oak Ridge boys. It's two. <laughs> Do you guys insist on having a very white segment every episode? Yeah. It's a sing-along segment. I would like for y'all to incorporate other 80s. I just got through saying clout. Jesus. I didn't know that one. And she didn't even know it. We talked about Tupac earlier. So we went to a little Oak Ridge Boys this time. What's wrong with that? Oak Ridge. 2016 Lodi. Ancient Vine Zinfandels. Lodi. Lodi. Isn't that a song? So this is very interesting because personally, I've never had a red Zinfandel. And we have been on to this one for a while. We, we actually went in search it's of aged this. aged in our house. Right, it's aged. It's aged in house. <laughs> uh, you hoes are drunk. Um, it is said that it is from Lodi's oldest operating winery since 1934. True Zinfandel, right for the occasion. Pure concentrated fruit, downright good. All right, well then, if that's what you said, and this is um, a Lodi California wine. Hands look discolored. What are you doing? What's happening? You losing circulation? Does that hurt? Doesn't it look odd? Doesn't her skin look odd? Am I drunk? You're probably drunk. Alright. I'm always this color. I think she's You guys are crazy. I'm not using contamination. Because if you look at my legs, they're still white. Don't put that on the pond. I may be a little red. Look at my tan. Look at my tan I got. Well, I said an hour. So it's not a tan. Your chest is just red. Look at that. Ugh. That's an hour. 
Now that you've I interrupted the wine segment, right. go ahead. Put your nipples up, both of you, so I can introduce <laughs> the wine. Does my skin look good to you now? Yes. Are you okay? She's still starting her dance. Lodi, of course, is Lodi, California, from Oak Ridge Wineries. Beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> Anybody want to guess the ALC in this thing? Mm. Oh, it's a white Zinfandel. It's, no, it's not, not white. white. It's I'm a red. Sorry. I'm sorry, red Zinfandel. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go low, like 11.4. Oh, I'm gonna go 13 even. You're close. Oh. Yes, because this sits at 13.95, so it's almost 14. Ooh. Yes. This bottle was around the $12 mark, if I remember correctly. So definitely give this a try. This is our first time. God, let me chug this. Hold on. Nothing mm. <laughs> this classy like DBAP chugging some red wine. Cheers to that. Oh God. Whoa. I can't chug red wine. Don't don't be blasphemous. Oh my I'm God. <laughs> I'm gonna pop this shit. Y'all ready? Pop yes. It. Pop. Pop, pop. I don't that really shit. know much pop, about pop, that shit. a red Zippendale. So beast, here's the wine I know nothing about. Um. What? So we're gonna find out what Red Zinfandel is all about. You ready? Yeah. <sighs> Put it between oh. your legs. Oh, oh nice one. Oh, it always scares me when somebody pops in my mouth like that. <laughs> this is like flying around. I'm just worried Ooh. that the top okay. is gonna just rip off and somehow it becomes the most fragile thing in the entire world. Very fruity on the smell, right? Very, very. It's very gluggy. And it's very dark. It's even more purple than the Shiraz. It is. It is. Oh, it's very. This is going to be interesting. Put up the microphone and look at that. It's, yes, instead that's of the light. light. She's so drunk. All right. Look at how purple this is. Let's see. Super fruity smelling. Mm -hmm. It almost still like smells this. like a white Zinfandel to a certain extent. But with darker berry notes. Ooh. Mama likes. Mama fucking likey. A little bit on the sweet side. It's semi-dry for sure. About time you join the fucking party, lady. I know. I gotta, I gotta taste this. Very it smooth. Go. Goes down like a lot it. smoother than the Shiraz did. This is... I would I would buy this bottle again. And we'll make sure to take a picture so you guys can try this. Yeah, y'all take pictures before you leave. Because obviously... I'm, and I know I'm shitty at Somebody loves... God, your picture's always cloudy. It's like... <laughs> nobody's going to ask you to do shit anymore as far as the camera goes. Michelle takes underwater photos. They are. I'm like, did you clean your lens or anything? Find the lighting? I just... And I just so what, did you even point it at the object you're trying I to I thought it made it look antique -y. No, that's <laughs> not how that works. Sage the house. <laughs> you took a picture. Right. The like, sage So the was someone just... smoking weed in the house when you took the picture? <laughs> I so just know. FYI, I know it sounds like I can't do much. Did but you just, have eyes open? <laughs> just say hello and welcome to Drag Did you aim politics? at the object? <laughs> But I am a lot of fucking fun. You are a, nothing but a ball of fun, sis, if you are not anything else. And not, Apparently I'm not. Not a, not a photographer, that's for sure. Not a witch. Not a witch. Oh, we love the wine and carpet. Uh, 
<laughs> this is absolutely and delicious. Not a photographer. Not, not a, a mathematician. Not a mathematician. No. Not no. not an Englishician either. I'm a good salesperson. She's she sell you some shit. She'll cook you some shit. And oh, that's she true. She will cook you, and I hear she can do other things too. Um, well, that is. And you know what? And she will pop you some shit. We no, we're we're liberated women here. We're all about positive yeah. uh, sex yeah. vibes. I will make a fucking man's toes curl. All right, this is a different podcast. This if you is, would like to hear that this, spinoff podcast, let us know in the comments. <laughs> we will put up a Patreon for you to fund this project. So, what do you think, Michelle, about like that it. wine? Like Isn't it. it delicious? I like it. Mm-hmm. I this have no, I, really my smooth. first wine that I was introduced to was it's White smooth. Zinfandel and. And my ignorance, for those of us that don't know what white Zinfandel looks like, it is a pink wine. Yes. And in color. Almost a rosé colored yes. wine. But if you were to ask someone what it is, it's considered a white wine. Mm-hmm. So my dumbass, at my first event, I went up and I said, I'll have that pink wine. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And I know they handed it to me and was like, that girl knows nothing about wine. Eh, whatever. <laughs> you knew what you wanted, though. And you know what? I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah. And I drank the hell out of that pink bottle of wine for a long ass time. Thank you, Sutter Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> you Sutter Holmes, if you would like to sponsor a bottle of White Zinfandel, please yes. get with us. We realize you can buy a liter for like. Three dollars and oh, we appreciate that. It's yeah, you know, people like to get you know tipsy on a budget too, and that is totally okay. Yes, we're not yes. judging. Um, so are we ready? What's our next topic? We are ready. Ooh, you, you an, an asshole, asshole, baby. You an asshole. Ooh, you an asshole, baby. You an asshole. It's the remix. You asshole. But were I you, got that out of were, you, were you able to like narrow it down this week to um, one asshole? There's a lot of assholes. Before we go there. into an asshole, y'all know I got poll numbers, right? Oh! <laughs> well, you had some interesting poll I numbers did, for I did. Ohio and South Carolina. Damn. Yes. So, we're, so we get to sing it again? We no, did. we're not. That was too good. The remix. Yeah. Oh my God, you people are crazy. I'm not even going to do this with you guys. Alrighty. Let me know when we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. So I wanted to update you guys on some Ohio polling numbers. We talked about, you know, all of the Super Tuesday states. People are keeping an eye on certain states that are really important to deciding the primary. There was a poll where registered voters in Ohio were surveyed by Quinnipiac. If I said that right, Quinnipiac? It's spelled very crazy. Q-U-I-N-N-I. P-I-A-C. Uh, so I believe it's, it's, it's the Quinnipiac University. <laughs> and in their findings, they found that registered voters in Ohio favor Biden over Trump by a margin of 50 to 42%. Now, that is a crazy margin when you take into consideration that the other major Democratic candidates, that's including... Uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, California Senator Kamala Harris, Kamala Kamala Harris, excuse me, Massachusetts Senate, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg remain virtually tied with the president. And everyone else basically falls wayside. Wow. Mm. Um, and for some background, Very interesting. 
Trump captured 51.3% of the vote in Ohio and its 18 electoral votes in 2016 in the presidential election, while Hillary Clinton brought in 43.2% of the state, which is considered to be a battleground state at this point, while President Barack Obama overwhelmingly won I was just about to say Obama won Ohio. Yes. So it's definitely a battleground state. So Biden definitely remains at the top of the list with the support of 31% of Democrats and Democrat-leaning voters. And I know you guys say all oh, 31%, but guys, in a 2,500-person race, yes, that's... 31% is a lot. It is a lot. Harris and Sanders come in second at only 14% each, followed by Warren at 13% and Buttigieg with 6%, and the rest... I still have to feel like so much of that is name recognition. Like, if I was to contact someone that doesn't know shit about politics, you've heard of Biden's name. He was the fucking vice president. president. For eight years. Exactly. In a very majority beloved administration. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So, it's... And even if it wasn't, a lot of people have name recognition for people that are hated. Like, people are always going to remember the orange man, sort of you yes. say his fucking name, because he doesn't deserve it. But they're right. still going to remember his name. Right. But for Biden, yes. I mean, he holds that name, because nobody, I mean, I know he was, because he'd ran for president before. Right. But he'd never made it out of the gates. But here's what's really interesting, and I've said this over and over again, despite when anybody tells you... The people who are going to decide this primary are the black voters. And boy, is there a fight going on for the... You mean like the last three or four presidential... Right. People don't always recognize that, but this particular slate of candidates... Because white people aren't reliable. White women split. White men largely go more Republican. All the way Republican. And black women at a 97% stick with the Democratic Party. And what's really interesting with this is that Kamala and Corey, who are the two black candidates in this, mm-hmm. are having to fight Joe for the black vote because it's it's really interesting. But this, which is why Kamala used the strategy of attacking him on the stage and yeah. bringing up, you know, busing, mm-hmm. and Corey's now also attacking him. It was the funniest thing if you guys were paying attention this week. Biden actually came out, which I thought was hilarious. He tried to swing. And he did try to swing, yeah. but he's, he threw a little factual shade. He was like, I honestly thought that Kamala and I were friends because when she asked me to nominate her, um, when she invited me to the California caucus to nominate her for Senate, I did. Like, I came and I nominated her, and we've worked together. So I don't see why she would have anything against Now he's poor Uncle Joe. Right? So it was, oh, it was, I thought we were but it's the, the thing about this, and I heard a pundit All on is CNN. All love and war, Joe. A pundit on CNN put this beautifully. It's not that it's Uncle Joe. Yeah. Oh, poor Uncle Joe. This is a strategy. And this is a strategy to make Kamala look unreliable and a backstabber. And yeah. No, I'm saying that's what he's playing. Is the but it, it comes off as she's, she's a backstabber, right? Uh-huh. And this is already trouble that she has with black voters with her prosecutorial past, mm-hmm. if I said that correctly. Yeah. Prosecutorial. Per- prosecutorial. Damn, I've had a lot of wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> prosecutorial past is that a lot of black voters, they like her, but they found her a little bit on shaky ground, but then they 
They didn't feel like they could trust her. They because she's been playing youngest, black men in prison. To quote my youngest daughter, "Fuck that hoe." Oh, um, <laughs> we're, we're not gonna say that about Miss Kamala. If you nasty, I, I think she but would be. I a don't great, agree. It's just something I heard but from a little she's, girl in San Marcos. <laughs> she's gonna have to fight Joe tooth and nail yeah. for the African American vote because the poll, the early polling nationally in some key states indicates that many voters remain unmoved as moving from away from Joe in a key early voting state, which is South Carolina, which is South Carolina poll I was telling you guys about, found that 51% of black voters there, listen to me people, 51% of black voters there supported Biden. Ooh. South Carolina is a key state. Okay, yeah. yes. 12% yeah. supported Harris. And 2% supported Booker. I don't have to tell you what kind of a black ass state South Carolina is. It is a black ass state. Yeah. 51%. That is, that's just staggering numbers. And I thought I would just update you guys. No, it is. It's interesting. And to just kind of give you a little pregame of the upcoming debates, because these guys are going to be on stage together. You're definitely going to see a showdown that involves the fight for black voters. So be prepared to witness a juicy ass it's debate. No. Somebody's going to pull some hot sauce out of their oh, purse. Somebody. <laughs> somebody's going to pull some collard greens and some hot water. You know, Kamala said, Kamala said she makes really good collard greens, but they're vegan. And I said, black people don't do vegan collard greens. And Corey's a vegan too. Yeah. Vegan or vegetarian? No, I'm not vegan. sure. He's, he's vegan. 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 He's vegan. Oh yeah. So he's really, you know, black folks. I'm sorry. I don't know any black. In South Carolina. Let me take it back. Okay. Let's let's not. There are are a lot of black vegetarians. Okay, I I don't know any, but the well, okay. In general, the majority of people are not vegetarians or vegans, so that's uh, and she's from California. He's from the Northeast. That's the difference. But also, it's not necessarily the color of their skin. It's it's they're on they're coasters. The coastal elite, and they were in South Carolina, where Joe Biden is also older. So he drinks sweet tea. And he'll eat him some collard greens no. with so much butter. No, no, boo. He yeah. he he drinks his sugar with tea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's exactly. And with Kamala, I also think part and of it. And his collard greens with some bacon grease. Right. And with Kamala, I think most of it also may be cultural because a lot of Jamaicans are vegetarians. Yeah. And uh, her mom, He's I forget, Indian. is she Indian? Mm-hmm. Vegetarian Roger, heavy. Yes. So I believe that that's also very cultural and yeah. part of her culture mm-hmm. as right. far that's as true. that goes. Um, and of course, that's maybe, her diet. Yes, that's of, their diet. Their staple. Islander. Yes. yes. So there there goes. So that'll be interesting. Somebody's going to pull something, honey. I'm excited. That There's no coincidence that Kamala and Joe are once again sharing a stage. Yeah, you can't oh, tell me no. that. I know that, that the they big had- ticket. Yeah. Look, I know they had 47 cameras on that draft of the polling names for the debates, but I don't care. Somebody had a weighted ball, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And what will be funny is that they wound up just being running mate. Just saying. I'm going to put it out there. I don't know. Yeah, of course. It's possible. It's possible. Okay. Right. And then that's the update that I had for you guys. I'm just really excited about the fact that, you know, black voters normally go unnoticed, unappreciated, and yeah. people just bank on their vote. But this time, people are going to have to fight for that slate of voters, and I'm excited Great. that they're candidates who are ready and willing to do it. Good. So Me too. Good. All right. Who's your asshole? <sighs> okay. 
So my asshole of the week today, and it, it almost feels like it, it is kind of redundant, redundant to go over again this week, but I want to touch a little bit on this. Um, the, I don't know if you guys watched the video this past week where Ice was caught on tape breaking a window to drag a man out of his vehicle in Florida. No. Yes, there is a video in which no. officers in Kansas City boxed in a vehicle driven by Florencio Milan Vasquez, who was 32, and claimed they had a warrant for his arrest and eventual deportation. But when ICE officers wouldn't show him any papers, because, you know, when you're arresting somebody, you know, you want to fucking show your proof. Yeah. He refused to get out of the car. They so, wouldn't show him their badge, anything, identification. No, they wouldn't show him the... The papers, the, the warrants. The papers, the warrants. The warrant. Oh, because he's... Because he has been preparing, and right. he knows that they have to have a warrant. So this eventually started a standoff that was captured on camera and shared on Facebook by his girlfriend, Cheyenne, who was in the car with her two young children as the incident unfolded. After attempting to negotiate with Milan for about 25 minutes, the ICE officers were left with no other choice than to make the arrest by physically removing him from the vehicle in front of his wife, and children. Girlfriend, I believe, and children, either way, doesn't matter. This was according to a statement issued by the spokesperson of ICE, whose name is Sean, Sean Nauda, I believe is his name. The ICE officer appears to use a small handheld device to blast Milan, Milan's driver's side window. Officers then open the door, they drag Milan out, put him face down on the pavement, and handcuffed him in front of those babies. And his woman. And, and it's all on video. And the girlfriend is in the video scene putting her hand on his shoulder in an attempt to try to comfort him as their entire world falls apart oh my God. in front of these kids. And she says, quote, I told him not to refuse, not to resist, because I didn't want them to shoot him in front of my kids. Uh. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. Okay. Hoyt said at a press conference on Tuesday surrounded by immigrant advocates, the children could be heard whimpering and crying in the background. I'm so scared, Daddy. A young male voice could be heard. I just want to see. Kansas City police were on the scene to back up ICE officers who made their arrest at about 10 a.m. on Monday in um, front of 4032 Harvard Circle. That's what officials report. Um, KCPD declined to critique or support the ICE action or say if it was necessary to bust the driver's side window. They say, I quote, that would be a question for ICE to answer. They were the ones that broke the window. Which means they don't want to answer that because they know they shouldn't have. Sergeant Jacob And they said, never showed the warrant. Yes. <clears throat> Milan uh, complied with the judge's order to return to Mexico. and But however, five days after he returned to Mexico, he was encountered by immigration officials saying after he illegally re-entered the United States under an assumed name, he was then removed again. He was moved, expeditely removed. Um, <laughs> the ICE officer who broke the window suffered minor cuts, boo-hoo. So the arrest also calls into question how much Kansas police participated in the incident because you guys know police departments are not an extension of homeless exactly. security. Exactly. No. 
Well, they're not supposed to be, but... Right. Yes. Um, Alex Perez, a representative of they're the... They're becoming Cam- more and more militarized Oh yeah. all the time. Yes. And so the reason why it's kind of a double asshole, you know, it goes to ICE and it goes to the Kansas City Police Department. Um, I know I said Florida for some reason earlier. I am really drunk, but I'm trying to get through this without <laughs> getting emotional. They're, you're terrorizing people. You're terrorizing people in front of their kids. You're making a process that is simple, turning it complicated just out of the fact of being an asshole. And you and don't he, want to show your warrant. So did they have a warrant they had, on their person? They had a warrant to arrest him. He had been they removed. They just didn't want to pull they, it out Because they don't him. feel like they have to answer to people. Because as they say, you don't have rights to anything, right? That's what they tell you saw people. They sold that guy from Dallas. Right. And the but, Constitution says persons, it doesn't say citizens. Right. right. And the fact of it is that they do have rights. We do have rights. Yes. And if you are a person in this country, you have rights. And my the reason why I'm awarding Kansas City an ICE asshole of today is because this is state-sanctioned terrorism. You are terrorizing people in front of their children. This process does not have to be this difficult. You can enforce the law and treat people with dignity. Because if you go into this line of work, you're supposed to do your job, but nowhere in that job is it slated that you're supposed to treat people as if they're not people. You're supposed to handle people inhumanely. This is almost as if people who are entering this profession are entering into exercise power on other people. And I have to question that. And so you guys get asshole of the day because clearly this is not about doing the job for you guys. This is not about protecting the borders or all. It's about exercising your power on the weak. And that in itself shows me how weak people are, how weak-minded you are when you're arresting someone and they ask you for a warrant and you don't want to produce a warrant. So they stake their rights to you. And you proceed to terrorize them. Right. That's you wanna you wanna show how you wanna swing your dick in front of everybody so they can see how not big it is. Any SWAT team that comes in barrels down your front door, one of those guys has is a holding a piece of paperwork exactly. and shows it to the first person that they don't even the first person they have to handcuff. By law, they show they don't even get asked for it. Right. They just show it. I've been telling y'all this before you know it, ISIS is the new Gestapo. They will be busting people's doors down. They're busting windows. They're busting windows out the car, That's like Jasmine Sullivan said. Busting windows out your car. That's what they're doing, and this shit is problematic as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm awarding you guys asshole of the week because you can. Your job is to protect the borders and do what the courts have sun- sanctioned legally. It is not legal to bust somebody's window down terrorize them in front of their kids and make them feel less than human. That's you as a person. That's you as a department. Whatever culture is being fostered at ICE needs to stop because it is not, it's not just city specific. It's not just state specific. This is a culture that is being fostered nationwide. And you guys, you guys are the assholes. You just, just, you guys can just fuck off. Abolish ICE. I work in corporate America and we talk about company culture all the time. Mm-hmm. And it is a top-down leadership thing. This is happening at ICE as well. Yeah. It is definitely yeah. a top-down leadership. And that... So and I'm telling you, people were quitting ICE. So now they're getting the the lowest in the barrel. The What yes. is it? The bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. And, and who are they going to get? People that are easily swayed, who are already racist. Right. Already have a... Um, Affliction towards immigrants, mm-hmm. undocumented or not, right. right? 
And so they know that they can easily brainwash them. Yeah. Well, if they well, are, most if they are already. Of, well, most of us are putting up signs in our yards that say hate has no home here. Ice has one that says it's hate is no at home here. here. Exactly. So between Milan and the Dallas-born United citizen, what is his name again, please? I'm drunk. Oh, Francisco, Francisco Galicia. This is a very well-deserving asshole. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's go into our next segment because is it? it's another ice ice baby oh. so are you sure this is a happy story yeah it's a happy story so yeah because i'm about to say that we always like to end our episodes <laughs> on a high note i'm very like you're very cautious i am in saying this so now we're on to raise bay of the day bay day bay of the bay of the day by ray bay. better be happy <laughs> better be happy a group of Hermitage, Tennessee residents sprang into action last week to protect a man and his 12-year-old son when Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, officers attempted to take the pair into custody. And Michi, when you started telling your story, I didn't catch where you said the city was, mm-hmm. and you started talking about the car, and I was just like, Is this oh my, my god, are we going to have the same story, but we're looking at it from flip <laughs> Different sides. angles, that would have been yeah. cool. Because we don't talk about these before we start. We don't. We no. don't at all. I don't know what asshole is, nope. is of the week or bay of the day. Yeah. Exactly. So for my story, the neighbors, the residents of this group of residents from Hermitage, Tennessee, they are the bays. Neighbors filled this area for hours to support the man and his son after an ICE vehicle blocked him and his son in their van. These neighbors provided gas to keep the car running water, and wet rags as the pair remained in their vehicle because ICE warrants prohibit agents from forcibly removing people from their home or vehicle. Huh, unless you're in Kansas City. Yeah, or you're busting out the windows out the car. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear a lot of this story that there are points that sound very similar to Mishy's. It is definitely, it's not the same story, but there is definitely some top-down leadership in giving instructions on how to do shit. How to terrorize people. Exactly. Uh So Daniel Yoon, a local lawyer who helped in the effort, said, quote, there were two immigration officials sort of bullying a family inside of their own vehicle, sound familiar, Mm -hmm. telling them that they had an administrative warrant and trying to harass them and fear them into coming out. They were saying, if you don't come out, we're going to arrest you, going to arrest your 12-year-old son. The son who was a citizen, mind you. Oh, my God. And that's not just illegal. It's not the right law, either. No. So, eventually, more than 10 people linked arms around the van and created a pathway for the man and his son to get into their home. It was so beautiful to see. The video is so There's videos of this. Yes. The ICE agents, who were dressed in plain clothes, they drove away in their unmarked car. And as the bystanders stood guard, the boy was shown in the footage running into the family home, appearing afraid. The residents cheered as the man and son made it inside safely. They came to the wrong community on the wrong day, one neighbor could be heard saying during the standoff. They were about that life. They were bowdy, bowdy. (laughs) (laughs) Another neighbor, Angela Glass, told reporters that the family had been living there for 14 years. Quote, they don't bother anybody. Our kids play with their kids. It's just one big community. 
and we don't want to see anything happen to them. They're good people. They've been here 14 years. Leave them alone. To me, they're considered American. And that's what this is going to take. That's what it's it going to take. It's going to take people to say no to state-sanctioned terrorism, to get ICE to stop terrorizing your neighborhoods, and you're actually going to have to put your bodies where your mouth is. These people literally put their bodies between ICE and this family. So they ICE did. wasn't going to break through no. that... No. No. Yeah. So, okay. Because so they would have had to harm them. Yeah. Right. So let me continue this. The situation unfolded, and God, again, this is so freaking similar to your mm -hmm. story. The situation unfolded after an ICE representative called the police department saying that the man drove home when ICE agents tried to pull him over. Responding police learned that ICE agents were attempting to serve a detainer, which is a civil warrant. The officers were instructed to not be involved in the service of the detainer, but to stand by from a distance to keep the peace, peace. if necessary. Because they're peace officers. And this is what they're supposed to do. Right. So these police are, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're base. No. But they did the right thing. They did their job. That is what they should have done in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Not to help facilitate. Exactly. So although the ICE officers hold that the incident all stemmed from a traffic stop, neighbors reported seeing the agents sitting in a mysterious unmarked white truck since Sunday. You can't so tell me that that shit is not lying. terrorism. They're that not. Is. Exactly. And that's the same thing that you had is that they said they had a warrant, but I guarantee you they've been, they've been stalking those people. Mm -hmm. So Tristan Call, who's a part of a human rights group, and he took part in this residence effort. He applauded the neighbors. Quote, really what put that into motion this morning was that some neighbors saw it happening and they were willing to take a stand about it. I want to honor the work that those neighbors did. Young women, and women often are afraid of becoming victims and getting involved in these things. Yeah. But young women coming out here by themselves to directly ask, what are y'all doing? Mm -hmm. This is our neighbor. We back each other up. And that's why this dad is still with his son. And what I noticed when I looked at the video is that this was a diverse neighborhood. Yeah. This was a obviously, Latin, I say obviously. Latinx women, black were, women. Right. But this, these were, yeah, these were brown people mm -hmm. who were being, because that we all know, that's who the fuck they're targeting. They're not targeting white immigrants. Nope. They're not targeting nope. black immigrants. They're targeting brown immigrants right now. And these, this neighborhood had black and white and brown, and they were younger and older and teen, you know, older teens. I mean, there was diversity. And we know that when you surround yourself with a diverse group of people, you're, you're, you expand your horizon. Right, right. You know, and so you, it just opens up the world to you. Um, oh, so this story just really got me, and I've like been fighting tears through the whole fucking story. Beautiful um, story. And one thing I wanted to add, because this was all happening, my story, your story, mm -hmm. was all happening during that weekend that was supposed to have the fucking horrible ice, ice raids, right? So the New York Times reported that more than 2,000 migrants in the U.S. illegally were targeted in widely publicized raids that unfolded over the country that weekend. Mm -hmm. But the government says that only 35 people were detained. Oh, so, they, they, it was a massive failure. It was a massive yeah, failure. So part yeah. of that is either because he's a fucking idiot or whatnot. We talked about the fact that he was publicizing, hey, we're going out this weekend. Right. Hey, y'all. You know. That's just to appease, that's to appease his base. But that's, that's to appease because his base. this is nothing but him trying to politicize 
immigration right. and mm-hmm. border enforcement. It's nothing right. to do with the actual work. Right. It is everything to know that your base is a hateful ass base. They hate brown people. They hate immigrants. They hate black people. So you know what? Maybe you throw a next time a cop captures one of these black kids, make sure you hit their head up against the car, or maybe you start enforcing ice rings. It's exactly if that's what you have to do to give your base a boner. Throw the whole damn country in the trash. Exactly. Like and we saw, we I know we shared um, information about, on Facebook about what to do if ICE comes to your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was being shared by a million other pages. Yeah. Definitely communities that were heavily involved in this were sharing that information. So I think the power of people coming out for human rights. Absolutely. Know your rights. Know your rights. Know your rights. Know your rights. And more importantly, between knowing your rights... That's when Facebook People. and Instagram is a wonderful tool. Exactly. Because right. that Power shit was shared media. like you would I saw believe. it at least a hundred times. Yes. And more importantly, other than having to know your rights, having the community stand up and say this shit is unacceptable. Yeah. Yes. They can't take everybody down. They can't right. take all of you down. They're going to have to be... They do work for you. The government works for you. It's the government of the people. By the people. We're not a military state. So we get to decide what's acceptable and what is not. And I mean, (laughs) shout out to Puerto Rico on that note. But we get to decide what is acceptable and what is not. And this is a great example of what can happen when people band together. It is. Absolutely. So residents of Hermitage, Tennessee, because I don't even know the name of the man and his son. Um, There's actually, aside from the one woman, a couple people that gave us their names during the interviews. Right. It's just the residents of Hermitage, Tennessee that stood up to protect Beautiful. this family. You guys are the bay. Bay. Y'all are the bay, bay of the bay. day. <laughs> so right. on that point, before we wrap up, okay. I just wanted to talk about, you know, on your point to what you were saying is that social media was tremendous. Knowing your rights is tremendous. De- demanding that this, you, we are citizens. You work for us. Mm-hmm. This is not allowed. Because those people, they put their bodies in... And also remaining calm, cool, and collected during oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Because every one of those people could have ended up in jail yep. very easily. The All they did was held in yeah. silence. Yes. Yeah. Peaceful demonstration is really what that essentially was. And and they did that. And it's a constitutional right. It is. It is. And then we also saw, social the pow- again, power of social media being used for, for good. good. Yes. Is when ICE was saw in a city. I saw some from Dallas where people were saying there was a location and they were given neighborhoods mm-hmm. where it was spotted. This truck, these here's pictures of what these two dudes look like driving around in an unmarked white truck or whatever. The power of that because these are people's rights. These are people's rights. And, and then saw, I would I kind of hmm. liken it to like an social media underground railroad yes. where people yeah. the are modern day. underground railroad and this is this is what civil rights looks like in this era now is we have to share videos people rights. of cops right. yeah. gunning down black men yeah. in the streets mm-hmm. and we have to share information how to protect our communities from our own government on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram so it is social media is the modern day underground railroad when used yes. for good so the people that so, would be hiding Anne Frank in their right yes closets. yeah right. um and on that attics not closets yeah <laughs> well it was um, it was like almost like a closet yeah. but so speaking to that of people rising up and and fighting those vultures ice detention centers all that stuff Reverend Doctor William J Barber the second. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and y'all know I'm not a religious person, but <laughs> if that man's church was down the street, I would be there every right, Sunday because right, right. I love him. He just speaks the truth. And he's yes. the one who um, developed Moral Mondays. Yes. So he's going to be in El Paso on Monday, July 29th. So get out your Facebook. Make sure you follow him so it pops up and you get to see him because that man, I can't imagine how many people are going to be there. Because we've seen protests at the borders right. before. Yes. But Dr. Barber, uh, there's a crowd that follows yes. him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and the reason I'm saying that is it, when you said it's going to take that, that's what he can bring to the table. Yes. I mean, a thousand people there? Or five thousand? I don't know. But that's he, he is literally the personification of what Martin Luther King Yes, about oh, yeah. in a long run. And they they quake the two of them a lot. Is, I'm here. If I could drive down there, I would be there, but I'm yeah. not. That's it's beautiful. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to go to a church in North yes. Carolina yes. and go to a sermon. Absolutely. Because I watch We should take Facebook. a trip down one day. You know I'm yeah. on our road trips. Yeah. Um I watch him on Facebook a lot. What would it be like to ask the Reverend if he wanted to be on drunk bitches and politics? <laughs> he probably would. Hey, hey, Jesus' first miracle? Turning water, water into wine. wine. He would. Yeah. So if you get to catch that, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I'm sure they'll be playing it on CNN. Yes. They'll be playing on one of those news stations that runs 25 hours a day. So, um, okay. So, ladies, I think we're done. I missed y'all last right. week. I, I missed know. the pod. I missed you guys. I hate when you guys take your trips and shit. I like, I don't do it. Like, we're not so together. Early. I know. All right. Thank you all, drunk delegates. Love and you, drunk stay delegates. Tipsy, my friends. Toast again. I felt like that was a week. Break the glasses, you bitches. Love you, drunk delegates. Love you. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 and politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAP Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.